Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to the inner loop. Without further ado. Without further ado. Okay, so without further ado, we're gonna get started. We should get started. We're yeah. rolling. I'm rolling. We're, we're, we're gonna get started. <laughs> Welcome to the Inner Loop Radio on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live for the very first time from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, right here in Washington, D.C. I'm Rachel Kuntz. And I'm Courtney Sexton. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you stream from. And for all of our loyal listeners out there, don't forget to leave us a review telling the world how much you love us. And for any new listeners out there, here on the Inner Loop Radio, we delve into all things creative writing, whether that be inspiration or craft, what makes a great ghost story, or how to construct the perfect sonnet, or just how we all sit down each day in front of an empty page. We play clips of local writers reading their work at our monthly reading series, and we invite a few of those writers and other special guests to join our discussion. On today's show, we're discussing writers' residencies. In case that phrase means nothing to you, a writing residency is a program where writers are given dedicated time and space to work on writing projects. The programs vary in terms of structure, length of stay, creative goals, requirements, and pretty much every aspect you can think of. That's right. And we're talking about residencies today in part because many of them take place during the summer. And today is the last day of summer. (laughs) <laughs> is it officially it is officially the last day is of it summer. the solstice wait yeah, isn't it a, tonight it's tomorrow a, right it's this i think thing. i think no it's the, equ- the equinox equinox right? that's it <laughs> the autumnal equinox um so we just wrapped up uh the fourth season of our own summer residency program that we offer to writers in the dc area that's right um, so we wanted to and luckily it actually feels like fallout it does today although it's supposed to be like 90 again I this know. weekend. DC can't decide. That's right. <laughs> Pretty good decide. Inside joke, sorry. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the point of writing residencies. What's the point? <laughs> what are they for? What are some of the famous ones? Um, basically. Well, when I was researching for this. Oh, yes. Tell me more. For this episode, I saw all kinds of crazy residencies. Yeah. I mean, people are coming up with all kinds of crazy things for writers to do. You can go on a sailboat. You can go on a sailboat residency. You can do an Amtrak residency, yeah, which is one really I cool. actually want to do. I know. I, really I remember when they launched that. It was a few years was, ago it now. It sounds amazing because yeah. I'm always, you know, like thinking, looking out the window and I feel like my most creative Writing self. On the so train. I would just yeah, you, know, you feel you, it's that like romantic with so a capital romantic. R, like you know the writer's <laughs> journey through the wilderness. Yeah, totally. And there's one where you can like uh, a bridge residency. I can't remember what oh, that one was cool. called. Yeah, so you actually hang out in the lookout. 
of the bridge. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, so it's basically there are, you know, creative people creating spaces to create. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of them go way back. Uh, you know, they're they're big. Some here in America are like McDowell, Yaddo, Millet, Breadloaf. These are some names Classic. you might hear thrown around. Um Around the literati. That's right. <laughs> I like that, the literati. Um, some are... Uh, writers actually get paid to be there or funded to be there. Mm-hmm. Some writers pay to go because they're like the time and the energy and the space and being surrounded by that vibe is just worth, you know, me spending some money on it. Yeah. Although... I don't know. I know. I was thinking, mm, yeah, I, don't I don't know, know about, about that. that. But, but you not know, to knock it. Hey. When you have kids, especially, you got to get out of the house. You got to get away from it's your true. routine. You got to change it up and just allow yourself to be absorbed in a space. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, some residency programs are in conjunction with schools or other organizations. I remember when I was in high school, we had a writer in residence, and that was my first you know, introduction to this concept, <laughs> What right? is that? It was so cool. And he had a British accent. So it was like, Ooh, oh, this is love. definitely fancy, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we here at Interloop wanted to, we're, we're about creating space for people to express um, and, and for their voices to be heard, especially the local voices here, the writers. Um, and so we teamed up four years ago now with the Woodlawn and Pope Leahy Estate out in Virginia and this is the Arcadia Center for Sustainable Food and Agriculture to start a program where writers could go and kind of reimagine the different layers of history in that place. It's, it's an amazing space. Incredible. Um, you know, there's farms, there's a Quaker meeting house. It obviously mm-hmm. ha- is part of the tradition of, um, you know, it was a, it was a site run by slaves for a right. while and then it was one of the first freedmen colonies mm. so there's just this you know Rich a lot history. to dig up yeah <laughs> lots of different aspects to to approach it as well yeah so we've had some really cool uh writers come in over the past few years and, and we, speaking and, of those yeah writers. exactly <laughs> <laughs> we asked them what they thought about it so let's have a listen to what christina stoddard had to say she was our very first resident Hi, this is Christine Sloan Stoddard, and I was Interloop's first ever writer in residence at Woodlawn. And I think it's very important for writers to have physical space because it helps with mental space. Just having a room or any place, a desk even, in a corner that you can go every day, every week, whenever it is your lifestyle and practice allow to really clear your head and be creative, do the reading or other research you need to do and not worry about your daily routine and obligations. That was Christine Stoddard, one of our Interloop residents, and she's thinking about space as a way of clearing away, which I can definitely relate to. <laughs> Absolutely. With my baby and the Interloop and my 16 jobs. <laughs> and everyone confronts this, right? Especially if you're a writer working every day. You know, most writers aren't rolling in the dough. Right. So. <laughs> 
So you need kind of that head clearing space to get just all the brambles out. Sometimes. Totally. And for those of us who have a type A personality, I love looking at my calendar and organizing true, my calendar. It makes me feel like I got something done today. <laughs> but when you're on a residency, you can't. There's nothing to do. So you just have to sit there and With let it. With your own thoughts. I know. I'm so scared. <laughs> well, let's hear from Tu Wen. Uh, she's another one of our former residents. Hi, this is Tu Win. I'm a 2019 writer in residence for the Inner Loop, and I'm answering the question what does a writer need space for? Um, I actually answered this question in some text messages to um, a colleague of mine while I was during, it was during my residency, and I was telling him about why the residency was important to me. So I'm going to read a little bit from them. I said to him, I'm learning more and more to just try my best. And then just wait, really, really wait. You can turn your back on something and it was just getting started. So I was thinking that I was on this, uh, I was on the farm and uh, I was looking at all the planting going on. And I was also thinking at the same time that maybe we need to just have more fallow periods where we are waiting for something. And I think that's what writing residencies allow. God, I love, I love that, that idea. Too. I know. I really connected with that when when two sent that in. And I mean, it's it's a theme, right? It seems like this idea of space carries through. But right, but I the love waiting. Yeah, and I love that. You know, it's comforting to hear that to think of ourselves as the earth and to yes. be more respectful yes. of the times when we're not writing and be and nice to, value to ourselves yeah. yeah and allow it to happen and not be feeling like no I need to be right I need to be doing times. something I need to constantly be engaged right because you can be engaged without doing that's right I feel like I go through the ebbs and flows where I want to read a lot yes. and where I don't want to read at all I just want to write yeah love it all right let's see I think we have uh, a couple more yeah some words from from Rachel Adams let's hear it If I could do a writing residency anywhere, I think I would choose a country to which I have um, an ancestral connection. I'd love to experience um, the Czech Republic, which is where my mom's family is from, or the UK, um, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, where my dad's people originated. Um, I think that would be so sort of multi-layered and amazing um, to be in a place where where ancestors also lived and to sort of gain some writing writing energy in that way. So hopefully I'll get to do that someday. So that idea of going away, of going somewhere. And I like the idea of going somewhere that has a specific meaning to you. I mean, we talked about how there are different residencies, all different kinds in all different places. How do you choose? How do you decide? But, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but when you step into a place and you think about the history there Mm -hmm. and you think about what's going to come after, I think it's really meaningful mm-hmm. to go somewhere that your people were you there. You have some kind of roots. Cause, and I, the contrast of it being at the same time foreign and familiar, right? I think is super inspirational. And it's like it, it helps you connect exactly. to that history. All right. Well, let's, before we move on, hear from one last former resident. Here's Kate Reed Petty. My name is Kate Reed Petty, and I'm a writer in Baltimore. When I was a resident at Woodlawn, I spent a lot of my time in the Pope Leahy House, designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. 
I sat at the original plywood dining room table and worked on a novel, totally uninterrupted except for once, when a family of tourists, disregarding the closed signs, ventured down the secluded driveway and peered at me through the windows. I poked my head out the front door. I'm the writer in residence, I told them, trying to explain why I couldn't let them inside. The tourists walked away, looking skeptical, but I didn't blame them. I couldn't quite believe I was allowed to be there either. This is the story I think about when I think about what kind of space a writer needs. It's not just physical space to work. It's having the kind of space where you feel like you're getting away with something. That kind of space lets you take risks you can't take anywhere else. It's really special. We're getting away with something. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. We've heard from the writers, and up next we'll hear from a curator of residency. Stay tuned. Gather. <laughs> gather, please. Um, you can gather in. Gather around, gather around for the second half. And we're gonna get started. We're gonna get started. We'll get started. We're officially getting started. I'm not teasing you this time. Radio on Full Service Radio. We've been talking about writers' residencies, and we've heard from writers who've participated. Now we're going to chat with someone who manages a residency. Amanda Phillips is the site director at the Woodlawn and Frank Lloyd Wright Poblehi House, and she's partnered with us for the past four years to build a residency program for local writers in the DMV region. And we've got Amanda on the phone today. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Rachel and Courtney, my favorite in-the-loop writers. How are you? <laughs> We're great. Great. Um, as you probably heard, Amanda, we've been listening to some of our past re- residents talk about what residencies mean to them, and we thought we'd kick off our discussion with just one more. Let's hear Gwen Van Velsor. I wanted to chat a little bit about This Place Matters. I lived in Hawaii for a long time, and um, just one thing that's really stuck with me as a writer and as a person, too, of course, was the concept of place and a sense of place being um, a cultural value. And as a writer, it's really impacted me because as I write in different places, I, I really think about First of all, do I have permission to be here in this place? I think about the people and the events that have taken place before my feet landed in this place, before I took steps here, and try to consider that and honor that, feel that. Thinking about, too, you know, the the people and the events that might take place after I'm here and so it's really it was really wonderful to be at Woodlawn and and really dive into that sense of place particularly as a writer so Amanda (laughs) yeah that was that was great I've been I've been enjoying listening to all the writers um little reports there yeah so tell us I, I mean You've been you've been helping us run this. You've been managing the site and the day to day of the writers. What mm-hmm. what do you think is the role of these residencies? 
Um, well, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head a little bit already. I think, you know, offering creative people an open space, an inspiring landscape, a place of remarkable history, all of that, I think, allows for time to think. I think writers who are inspired by a place are often inspired either by a place they return to again and again or a place they don't know very well. And I think this, in turn, sort of allows for an experimentation, perhaps mm-hmm. triggers something new for them, mm-hmm. furthers their creative practice, you know, introduces them to, a, to the story of a place they didn't know before, and therefore some stories they might not have known before. And, and I'm personally interested in, in that as well as being managing this uh, particular residency each year. Right. So what draws you to the to the space at Woodlawn. Clearly you're drawn to it and you think it's something worth exploring. So what initially drew you to it? What continues uh, to draw you to it? Well, I think that, you know, Woodlawn has, uh, Woodlawn and the Pope Leahy House are remarkably different houses on the same property. One is a large 1805 mansion and the other a small but perfect Frank Lloyd Wright design gem. Mm-hmm. That in, them set in itself is sort of an interesting space, right? Because you can, just from architecture alone, you can compare two remarkably distinct homes mm-hmm. with who have housed Americans in very distinctly different ways. Yeah, sure. So one, a plantation, started out as a plantation house, and the other... Um, really a sort of uh, an example of affordable housing. Uh, That's interesting too, right? Because who could afford a mansion like Woodlawn? Um, You know, that was, that was for a very, very specific, very wealthy person. Um, Publahi House is the opposite. So we like to think that apart from just the open space and the incredible architecture, we're offering the history, your history, the American history in a certain way to these writers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you've, we have talked about this in the past, but, mm. um, you know, this isn't a traditional kind of thing that happens mm-hmm. at historic sites, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as we well know. Um, so, I mean, why did you want to establish a residency program? What what about that was appealing? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, when I came to Woodlawn and Pope Leahy House just under five years ago, I was tasked by the National Trust, which owns the property, to reimagine this site. Mm-hmm. Well, what does reimagine mean? It, 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 to me, certainly it means to sort of offer the community of this property something interesting and inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that experience then is derived from relevancy. And the experience perhaps needs to be more intimate, more personal. It's not shouldn't just be a matter of coming to a to a house and getting a tour about the old building and, and perhaps the owners there. I think you came to us actually um, <laughs> through Arcadia Farm, That's which true, is yeah. which leases farmland on our property, and. Um, the reason that, that, that your uh, proposal fits so well for us, I think you were interested in the farm being at a historic site. Yeah. And what's interesting about Woodlawn is that it is a, was always a farm, 
it was George part of George Washington's Mount Vernon, mm-hmm. which um, and and was a plantation house that was the wedding gift of of Martha and George to their step granddaughter and Nellie Park Custis Lewis and her husband George's nephew Lawrence Lewis. Well, that home, uh, the reason that we think that this place is somewhat transformative is that that home, as you mentioned, was farmed by with an enslaved population. By 1848, Nellie has left the property and the Quakers have come down from the north and they want to run the property only with freedmen. They actually want to prove that you can run a successful agricultural economy without any slave labor. That to us is the transformative period at Woodlawn. And and now we have a farm again, which harkens to that sort of agrarian history, if you will. So when you came to us and said, you know, we're kind of interested in, in what you're doing there and how we might partner, I grabbed onto that right away, I think. And, we're um, so glad that you, you know, did. <laughs> and yes, and that's been, we hope, that transformation, I think, is what we hope inspires, inspires all the different people that come. That's and, a really good point, and it does seem so from what we've heard, it yeah. really that does resonate for people. And this idea of literally and figuratively reaping what you sow there, right? Yes, exactly. And Woodlawn, well, those Quakers needed a pastime, yeah. right? Just like everybody else, they needed something to do. <laughs> and one of the things that they did was they created something called the Woodlawn Literary Society. That's right. And yes. Nellie had been a writer herself. Nellie Custis had actually written many, many, many letters. She was a prolific letter writer. Mm-hmm. So even from that very first owner and subsequent owners we've had in the house, we've had playwrights and we've had novelists and we've had a lot of creative people who are kind of trying to address issues of social justice through wow. their writing all the way down through the history of, of the property. Yeah, I And love so, that. you know, it just Natural was a great fit, fit um, yeah. in so many ways, in part because of that. That's great. I love that it's a natural fit, and it seems... To me, anyway, like the writers have really gotten out of the space what we were hoping they would get, and they have created some really amazing things. But we want to ask you, Amanda, is there Mm. anything that took you by surprise? Anything that the writers, you know, what resulted from them being there in the space or what they created? Was there anything that you were like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that? Well, I would say generally, you know, you hope that when you have creative people operating in your space, that they're going to kind of create extraordinary moments for you, right? Mm -hmm. But most importantly, I think, is that they they change their perspective, perhaps, um, about the place they're in, Mm -hmm. but that changes your perspective. And sometimes that perspective has been changed forever for us. And so that's really, really um, sort of exciting, and it's, it's, it's really an extraordinary thing to have other people looking at your stories and giving you some inspiration on how to move forward to be even more relevant to your own communities. I think over the years, what's really sort of stood out for me is that the diversity of the pool of writers that you've you know, brought to this property for us um, the diversity, not just in terms of who they are, but who they're inspired by and why they're writing. Yes. And then I think mostly what's really been kind of a 
the game changer in terms of having the residency and wanting to keep going is that so many of the writers have come and thought they were going to write about something in particular and completely changed tactic. And by the time they've left, they've done something completely different. And that's happened over and over yes, again. Yes, you're, um, you're right. That is, yeah. that has surprised me too. <laughs> yeah, and it's been, you know, I think I use one example um, all the time of one of our first writers who sort of thought she was going to write about the farm and ended, you know, writing about Nellie's needlework. Mm-hmm. Um, totally, totally we, opposite ends of the spectrum. It's so totally funny. opposite. And then, you, <laughs> you know, there are writers who come in and say they're going to spend the entire time they're here in that um, Pope Leahy house, but then they end up spending half of the time in Woodlawn yes. or vice versa. And then you have someone who's a food writer and, and at least we think, oh, she's going to write about, you know, some sort of food history, but she wrote about letters that, that she thought were missing from Nellie's um, memoir letters. So I think it's just been such a, just such a kind of eye-opening experience for us you in terms of, of what, yeah. yeah. You never know yeah. what's going to inspire you. Exactly. And I think it ter- in turn, it makes us a lot more creative about what we can do here. That's so it's a win-win. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's the goal, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, well, Very yeah. cool. Amanda, thank you so much. You it's are so welcome. Join us. <laughs> we are, it's always a, a pleasure, and we're looking forward already to next year. Awesome. Us too. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Amanda. Take care. Um, we're just going to end this block with one more residence thoughts on residencies. This is Sarah Ann Wynn. It seems like a particularly poetic task, that of preservation. The power of places in giving us enough distance to consider, to honor, and even revere. We're always building worlds on the page for others to visit, but unless we devote some thought and energy to the responsibilities of physical tending, these places will be as ephemeral as the ones we write into being. Hashtag this place matters. That was Sarah and Wynn wrapping up the block on residencies at Woodlawn. And stick around as we close out the episode with a little game between me and Courtney. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Interloop Radio on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan. And we're going to close out this episode with a little game and some homework <laughs> for me and Rachel. I don't remember agreeing to homework. <laughs> Whatever, you put me through stuff all <laughs> the time. <laughs> all right, I'm calling this residency roulette. Oh, lordy. Because I like the alliteration. <laughs> and it sounds scary. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I have a hat here. Mm-hmm. And in this hat are 15 pieces of paper each with a different residency program written oh, on God. it. Okay. What's happening? It's not it's not that scary. It's more just, you know, a task, uh, something to h- hold ourselves accountable. Mm. 
We're each going to pull one piece of paper out of the hat, and the program that's on it is the one that the other has to apply for for the coming year. Oh, God. And if we get accepted, we have to go we and have like, to go. do it. We actually have to <laughs> do actually this? do the work. Okay. <laughs> okay. So do you want to pick first? I'll go first. Okay. Tell me where I'm going or maybe going. All right. Here we go. Courtney is going to go Or at least apply to. to. Or she's going to apply to and get in and then go. To New Orleans Writers oh, Residency. Hey. Wow. I could get on board with that. Lucky girl. Ooh, Love some it. Southern Gothic stuff going on. <laughs> I'm down. Okay, all right, Rach, you ready? Ready. This one looks promising. Um, Rachel is going to apply to the Mineral School in Washington State. What the heck is that? It's really cool. It's really, really, really cool. Oh, Lord. Awesome. All right. Going West Coast, baby. So you have to stay tuned in like four months. Yeah, we'll let you know. And then we'll be like, peace out, DC. We'll be back in a month. Or I'm never coming back. Yeah, or I'm just going to stay in New Orleans. Um, All right. Well, we will leave you with... A few last inspiring words from one final resident who you may want to hear from, uh, Whitney Pipkin, who was traditionally a, a food writer and journalist and, and kind of came out with something surprising. Inspired herself, yeah. Let's hear it. What does a writer need space for? There are seasons of life where I've been able to write and be creative no matter what space I'm in. And then there's the season of life I'm in now with two young kids where my brain is so full of clutter that I'm desperate for the clean slate of a space created just for me to write. That was the surprisingly beautiful part of the writer's residency I got to do at Woodlawn last year. I knew that such a historic space would be inspiring in itself, but I didn't anticipate how much it would just free me to rediscover stories that were already inside of me the ones that have been buried by that clutter of everyday life. In an ongoing way, the residency has reminded me that it's good to take the time to make space and set the stage for writing. And sometimes the best thing to spark a spate of good storytelling is a simple change of scenery. That was Whitney Pipkin giving us some sage advice to free the story within. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. For more literary fun, join us right here on Full Service Radio every other Friday at noon. Our next show is October 4th. If you are a local, you can feel free to swing by the lobby of the Line Hotel to see us in action. To find out more about us or submit to read at our next event, visit us online at www.theinnerlooplit.org. Today's episode was produced by Courtney Sexton, and our theme music is by Andrew Logan. Thanks again to Amanda Phillips for joining us on the show and Full Service Radio for bringing us into the community. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or any other streaming site you use. Podcasts thrive on reviews like yours, so if you want to support The Inner Loop, take the time to tell the world why you love us. And don't forget to subscribe! Subscribe! Subscribe so you never miss a single episode. Happy writing! Right on, Litwits. Happy fall! <laughs>